All right, day 73. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. And I'm Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 5. Yeah, 1 Samuel 5. So remember, last time, bro, yeah, the beginning of First Samuel, right? Yeah. and so we have this transition in history from the age, yeah. this dark spot of the judges, right. to the monarchy, to right. the kings that are yeah. about to come, David and the yeah. whole nine. And we seen in First Samuel four, you know, uh, the people of God, bro, they thought the Ark of God yeah. was like a trophy, right, or a talisman, yeah. or a good luck charm, right. So they get washed against the Philistines, washed. They go back and get the Ark, like, all right, maybe we got the Ark of God with us. We go in. Yeah. They get washed. They again. get washed. So now the Philistines take the ark. Well, it ends up and it says, yeah. and the ark was captured. Yeah. It's like, they're going to find out. Yeah. God, God ain't captured. God ain't captured. Right. So they take the ark, the Philistines, put it in their temple next to their pagan god, Dagon. Right. Wake up the next morning. Dagon is laying down, facing the ark, bowing down right. to Yahweh. Right. Yeah. And the whole point is, so, and then they come back again. Then his arms are cut <laughs> off and his legs are cut off. So the whole point is this. God has no rivals, bro. Right. You can't take the God of the Bible, the God of the universe, and put him next to your God right. as if he exists in some type of pantheon. Right. Right? Yeah. He has no rivals. He has no equals, bro. And every other God, every other person, every other being in the universe will one day bow down to him. Yep. And the Philistines had to learn the hard way. Yep. Chapter 5 is going to be hot potato. Yeah. So they're just going to bounce it from place oh, to nah, place. Oh, no. Maybe we just need to... <laughs> and what you yeah, see is... The people couldn't keep the Ark of God from being captured. They felt as if it was a talisman, their good luck charm, and they had to defend it. Mm. It got captured, and chapter 5 and 6 are going to show you God can take care of himself, Mm. right? So what he does is essentially what God has always done in Egypt, in Jericho, in Egypt, or or, Egypt. and and now here yeah. is God is going to defeat the enemies by himself mm, without his people lifting up a finger. A finger. Yeah. And then they get to the point where they say, yo, listen. They're like, yo, listen. Experience isn't the best teacher. Mm. Somebody else's is because we learned the same lesson. Remember Egypt, bro. Remember Pharaoh. He yeah. hardened his heart. Yeah. Let's not do the same thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, like you said, this kind of Exodus, all these Exodus themes are coming back, right? Where they receive plagues. Right. They talk about the hardness of heart. Right, right, right. And even in the Exodus, bro, yeah. Exodus 12 said, nah, like the ju- the plagues I'm sending against right. Egypt is actually judgment against their gods. Right, right, right. So it's not just that the people were against God. It was their gods were against God. So yeah. boom, we see that. And then, so they send the ark back. They're like, yeah. yo, we got to send this joint back. And then they send it back to Israel. And then people who weren't priests right. look into the ark of God. Yeah. And then they drop dead. Right. <laughs> and so God is just showing how holy he is. Right. Right. And, you know, when they when you approach God in the way he hasn't prescri- prescribed, yeah. there's consequences. Right. Right. So Samuel comes back 20 years later. He's like, all right, fam, y'all need to repent. Right. Right. And so 20 years later, they actually repent. Yeah. But after that, they asked for they asked for a king like the nations, bro. Right. Right. And so you see the people of God trying to be like the nations that they were to influence. Right. We've said it all the time. We don't influence or change the world as the people of God by trying to be just like it. <laughs> right, 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 right. So try in an attempt to try to be like the world, we'll see the demise of what happens in Israel. Absolutely. And they think, listen, they think 
you know, they, they win the next battle with the Philistines. Right. Right. Because they repented, showing that their problem was never political or spiritual. Right. Right. But they asked for a king still thinking that a human leader is mm. what they need to flourish on earth. Right. And what the Bible and what the testimony of scripture is trying to say, bro, we don't just need a human leader to flourish as church. Right. We need the heavenly one. And we need to be spiritually aligned with the king of the universe. Right. Not the kings of the earth. Yeah. So God's going to... Con- so Samuel said, hey, fam, don't take it personal. I'm telling you, their beef ain't really with you. Yeah. It's, it's with, me, with me. Right. Yeah. And so God shows that even this, you know interpersonal conflict is rooted more in the discontentment they have with their vertical mm. relationship than mm. a horizontal one. And yo, yo, this is what I love, right? This is what makes this book so complex and I think so true to real life. Yeah. Eli yeah. had sons mm-hmm. and his sons were wildin' like we talked about last time. Yeah. And the judgment was, was against him. Yo, you didn't rein in your sons. Yeah, yeah, you didn't keep him in check, bro. Samuel's sons are wilding, but you know what you've seen? God doesn't uh, reprimand him mm. for his sons, mm. right? Saul is wilding. Saul has a great son, right? Mm-hmm. So you see, like, one of the things that this book may not explicitly teach, but it shows, though, is, is, is there's not this one-to-one mm. correlation. So it's not like... If you do and invest and do all the right things with your kids, then beyond a shadow of a doubt, they're going to turn out yeah. right, right? Mm-hmm. Eli had wax sons. God rebuked him. Samuel, it says he walked faithfully. Yeah. His sons ain't turn out right. Saul was wild and Saul had a good son. And it's like, uh, all right, the, the product of what goes on in your household isn't necessarily tied to. Yeah. Yeah the output is not always tied to the input. Yeah, and so, yeah. thanks yeah. be to God that right. he still intervenes. Absolutely. Right? Even in the midst of generations of children who may not walk in faithfulness to the Lord, the Lord always, in every generation, yeah. is going to raise up someone who is faithful. He did it in the period of the Judges with right. Ruth. He's going to do it here with Samuel and with David right. and continue that line as well. So thanks be to God that right. even when his, comp- when his people are conforming to the world, yeah. right, he raises up those who confirm, who conform to the word. Yeah. yeah. Bro, chapter eight, man, it's crazy because God keeps on saying like, yo, I'm your king, I'm your king, yeah. I'm your king. And the people say, we want a king like the rest. Mm. So God tells, all right, Samuel, give him the real deal. Yeah. And one of the things that you're going to see at the end of Tate, or 8, as Samuel describes this king, mm-hmm. do you know the word that he's going to use more than any other word? Mm. Take. Mm. Y'all are going to get a king. I want you to know. He's going to take your sons and put them to, to war. He can appoint things for his Use. Mm. He can take your daughters. He can take your best fields. He can take a tenth of your grain. He can take a tenth of your flock. You're going to cry out, God's not going to come through. And so it's like, yo, the king that y'all want, he's going to take, 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 and take. Yeah. And comparison and, idol- uh, comparison and idolatry can lead us to sign our own death wish mm. joyfully, happily, mm. and willingly. Mm. Right, idolatry makes us blind to that which we already have. Yeah. They're like, we want somebody to go out and fight for us. Yeah. It's like, 
That's what God did in chapter five, yeah, right? Been doing this whole time. Satan comes to Adam and Eve and says, yo, if you eat of this tree, you'll be like God. They were already more yeah, like God than anything else, yeah, right? Idolatry bad. makes us blind to the gifts of God that we already have. That's good, bro. And in chasing more, we actually forfeit yeah. the good gifts that he already has. And yeah. so, you know, God can fight for himself. Yeah. God has been good to us. This thing should birth in us a spirit of contentment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's crazy that, you know, all this Exodus stuff we talk about. Right. In Exodus 15, in the, in the Song of the Sea. Yeah. They say, let the Lord reign over us right. forever and ever. Right. God had proven himself to be king. A good king. He had proven himself to be worthy of worship, yeah. Yeah. no rivals, and no uh, no human leader can take his place. Right. And we see here that the people still have a hard time remembering. So yeah. They need to be reminded, and we do too, right. every single day. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Let's pray. Yeah. Father, we thank you for the fact that you've been such a good king to us. I pray that we wouldn't lust for what we already have god would you open our eyes to see um how much you've already fought on our behalf lord would you open our eyes so that we would be reminded of how great of a provider and a sustainer you are today and every day it's in jesus name we pray amen